0: The Very Good Adventuring Team podcast contains crass, foul, vile, terrible, immature, and mature content. It's just another quiet day in your village. Nothing special, nothing ever really changes here. The young hate the calm and wish for more excitement. The old love the peace and hope against hope that nothing will ever change. Your little village is a favorite of Bumu, the god of order and Makina. He visits frequently and today is one of those days. The children play with him and he loves it. Anyone who can step away from their chores on this summer day has done so to see him. He's seven feet tall, his skin is made of opal and iron. You've come out to see him too, and he smiles as you approach. One of the children drops a toy, and he smiles as he stoops down to pick it up. As he stands and hands the child the toy, you notice some chattering from your people on the western side of the town square. You look to see what's happening, and you see the glint of gold shining in the sun. As you squint to make it out, more and more people around notice, and Bumu stops what he's doing to look as well. What you see is a strange sight. It's a man, a rather large man, While still shorter than Bumu, he's significantly broader than him. Wide-shouldered and barrel-chested. It looks like his armor is actually made of gold. In his hands is his enormous black warhammer. It's covered in elaborate runes and has several large diamonds embedded in it. He's walking slowly and deliberately towards the center of town. Towards Bumu. The god is starting to read the hints in the air and choose the children and the people away from him. He stands tall to greet the stranger, but the stranger says nothing. Instead, he pulls out a bolo two large metal balls with a long silvery chain between them. He spins them in the air over his head and releases. They wrap around Bumu's waist and Bumu looks down to them, apparently confused. He reaches down to pull at the strings, delicately at first, then with increasing intensity. A look of confusion washes over him as he looks back at the stranger. The man starts running forward now and pulls his warhammer into an attack position behind him. Bumu stretches his arms out in an embracing gesture. There's confusion in his expression, but certainly no fear. The Golden Stranger rushes ahead with a speed surprising for his size, and there's an explosive boom as the Warhammer collides with Bumu's chest, causing a blinding flash. Everyone in the village is knocked off their feet as the ground shakes beneath you all. Your ears are still ringing, but your vision slowly returns. Bumu is on the ground a few feet in front of you. He's laying on his back, and you can see his chest is cracked and broken. Pieces of it lay all around him, and he's gasping for air. He lifts his head to see the Stranger in Golden Armor slowly stalking towards him. He turns his head to look at you, and you see his look of confusion has turned to pleading. The stranger is standing above him now. Bumu reaches a hand out to you, and you feel crackling energy in the air. The stranger swings the warhammer behind them, and then down to Bumu's chest again, and everything goes black. It's morning when you wake up again, though you couldn't say which one. The three of you are there. There's a circle of normal earth surrounding you, maybe eight feet in diameter. As you raise your head to look around you, you see nothing but black ash around you with a purple haze rising from it like a morning fog. The stranger is gone. Bumu is gone. The children are gone. The village is gone. The woods are gone. The fields are gone. You stand to look around you and in every direction there's nothing but ash, haze, and wasteland. The only thing left of this place is the three of you and a small circle of dirt. We fast forward now to three years later. You've made your way to TerraGuard. Up to now, you've made a small reputation for yourselves as adventurers, mercenaries, and hirelings. You're scratching out a living, not destitute, but not prospering. You live in the basement of a small bar in town named the Sneaky Brisket. The owner, Duga, is a middle-aged human man who rents the space to you. His only conditions are that you pay your rent on time and you keep away from his daughter, Bonnie. all right so that's the intro section uh and then what i want to do next is i want to go through i'm gonna have each of you guys uh describe your characters and i'm gonna have each of you guys roll a d20 whoever gets the lowest has to go first
1: nine 18 13 you are currently listening to sam I was Kolbik Darkseed in the last campaign, and this time I'll be playing Fierten Trees. I am a hill dwarf druid. Describe your character for us. Give me a little, uh, give me a little physical description. A little physical description. What does Fierten look like? Well, Fierten is a four foot four dwarf with red hair, green eyes, and light brown skin. His beard is thick as an alpha beaver's brow well-known to be the bushiest animal brow. He is moderately fit with a barreled chest and two noticeable scars on the right side of his face from when he encountered an alpha badger while looking under a fallen tree. Delightful. And how about you, good
2: sir? Tell us about yourself. This is Jerry? I was Melvin in the last campaign, and this time I'll be playing in Peter McMoist. I thought you said the end was going to be silent. Oh, yeah. Shh. It's Peter McMoist. And uh, let's see. Race. I'll be a dark elf or drow this time around. And I'll be... What about our class? Are we talking about our class? I'm a bard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you mention yours? I thought I did. Okay. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not in the script. so. Son of a
0: bitch. No, it is. It yeah. is. Name, race, a, class, description. Yeah, it's just in two different... Oh, there it is. Staggered it, for it, some reason.
2: I had to scroll down. Uh, Peter is a uh, dark elf. He has shoulder-length hair. Um, he sees it as kind of a, a hood that he can, you know, wear every day. He is sensitive to sunlight, so uh, he prefers having a little extra protection from the sun. Uh, he dresses practically, so he prefers uh, lots of pockets. So he's got shirts with lots of pockets, cargo pants with lots of pockets, and uh, he's he's got a reliable pair of boots. But in general, he's a very very practical guy. Mm-hmm. What's in its pockets is... Uh, you know, tools and,
0: and gadgets
2: and widgets and who's-its and what's-its.
0: Right on. Right on. And and you, also good sir. Tell us about you, your you.
3: My name is Joshua. I was... was I? Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. My name is Josh. I was Roscoe in the last campaign. Roscoe tossed cobble. And this time, I will be playing Jeff Cock Thunder. Goliath Barbarian And uh, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about Jeff What does he look like? He's enormous yeah. He's 7 foot 6 380 Bald headed Bushy black beard He has ram's horns tattooed on the side of his head War hammers One tattooed down each forearm mm-hmm. ending with the hammer head on the fist uh, He likes barbarian things <laughs> <laughs> Very into barbarian. Very into barbarian The most into barbarian things. Is it is there a large Cock Thunder family? Uh there once was. Uh, my people come from tribes that live high up in the mountains. They have cast me out.
2: Oh no. Oh I'm sorry.
3: Glass are ruthless. Uh everybody's expected to do their own. Uh even if you're even if you're disabled. You're expected to do the same amount of work as a fully abled person. And I disagreed with that and they cast me out. And so I went to live in our destroyed village.
0: Terror Guard? Terror Guard's where we are now. Oh, What was our name of our destroyed village? I want you guys to come up with
2: that. Oh, we have to come up with that. Yeah, Destroyedville? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Going once? <laughs> Going twice? <laughs> Plumsville? Yeah, that's good. I like it. Plumsville? Plumsville. Plumsville,
2: formerly of Plumsville. Plumsburg? Jeff Jeff Cockthunder from Plumsville. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Cockthunder, the Goliath from Plumsville. How come how come you went with Cock Thunder and not Thunder Cock? <laughs>
1: um I don't know. It just sounds like almost a twisted Doctor Seuss. You're like the Grinch coming down from the mountain <laughs> to Plumsville.
3: Oh, except for my character is extremely honorable.
2: Oh. oh, He's got morals ethics and stuff. Extreme
0: morals. Oh, he's one of those. Extreme morals. Well, to the max. So we're doing things a little different this time around. The last campaign was very much on rails. I would write out an adventure full of things you were more or less forced to do, and then you guys did them. There wasn't a ton of back and forth about it, uh, I had a long term plan and you guys did your best to either play along or screw it up or whatever you felt like that day. This time around, uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna do things a little different. I started putting together the town of Terragard, and it's a town full of people and places and noble houses and factions and I'm gonna introduce things to you guys bit by bit and based on how interested you are in stuff, we'll either put more or less of that stuff into the game. So basically the short of that is that I'm going to try and tailor this campaign experience a little bit more to you guys rather than the adventure being a thing that's like happening to you. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. The main uh, the main way that we're going to do that is by having what I'm calling the job board available to you. Uh, it's basically like your quest journal from like a Bethesda style game or, you know, however you want to think of that. This is a, a section in the notes area where you can basically see what quests are open and available to you depending on who you've worked with in the past and what factions like or dislike you, and in general, what I feel like making. So we're going to play things out like this for what's uh, typically referred to as tier one play, which is like levels one through five. I think by the time we get to tier two, which is level six through ten, we'll be ready to introduce the strongholds and followers supplement from uh, Matt Colville, and uh, we'll have some more you know definite goals and things in mind by then. The main point of difference between this campaign and the last one is that there will be a series of world events that are going on around you. You're going to hear news about these events, and then you'll have some opportunities to get caught up in them. But this time around, if you guys choose to ignore that stuff completely, uh, there won't be any consequences or whatever. You can just kind of say, fuck it. We're not going to do any of that stuff. You can do whatever you want. Um, Yeah. Any other questions about that stuff before we get rolling? No. No. Uh, so then I had a little bit more depth that I wanted to get into with the, uh, with the characters. So hey, I assigned you guys a, a bunch of homework to do for your characters and, and I kind of want to just go through these just so that, uh, you know, our, our listeners at home can kind of get a better idea of this stuff. So Fiortin, what are some of your characters' core moral beliefs?
1: So I'm going to start doing... I, just because I statements are going to be a little bit easier from here on out. We know who I'm playing. We know who I am. So just get a little bit more in the character. Yeah, yeah. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. And so my morals are deals should be fair. It's not really my duty to fix any deals that are not fair. If the person's pretty much an asshole, um, I judge people on how they've treated me and I do things back fairly. Um, those are kind of my morals for a lot of different things I deal with Whether it be someone who's done wrong to me in the past Maybe they get the short of a stick on a deal Maybe someone's did a favor and they don't even know it I remember things
2: Coolio, like the golden rule Mm-hmm. Is that kind
0: of what you live by? I do mm, Peter, why don't you tell me about uh, What are your core moral beliefs? I'm kind of a, you know, a libertarian
2: in a way I believe people should be free and uh, I look around at the town around me of Terragard and I see a lot of people kind of uh, you know being held down maybe a little bit oppressed by the the elite of Guard And, you know I don't really like it and um, I think I, I think I want to do something about that. Hmm.
0: I'm not quite sure what yet. All right. Mr. Cock Thunder, tell us
3: about your core moral beliefs. What makes Cock Thunder tick? tick? Uh, I believe very much in fairness and honor uh not in a, as wide a scale as my friend peter my focus is more directly or, or on, directly on what's in front of me at any given time i'm very deliberate in my sense of fairness like meaning like i'm slow I'm slow to get mad but of my sense of fairness if it lands on i have to smash your head in with a hammer then that's where we're gonna go. <laughs>
1: if, it, if that seems fair,
3: <laughs> yes. If that gonna, seems fair, that's what's going to happen. Gonna spin
1: this wheel. Oh, <laughs> looks like we're about to smash your head. And up. oh, one click to the right. You're lucky today.
3: But at the same time, I'm not going to, like, I have a very uh, strict aversion from like picking on the weak or doing dishonorable things. You know, or taking taking advantage of people. Are you very righteous? Yes, very righteous just what we need a self-righteous prick
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you find you get this righteousness from your culture like kind of it that's how all Goliaths are it is an ingrained cultural thing yeah
3: with you know expanded upon with some of my personal beliefs very nice
0: right on we already talked a little bit about your appearance and stuff so I'm gonna kind of skip over that stuff but uh, let's go over let's go on to the next question I've got on my little interview card here Tell me about, uh, Fjorten, tell us a little bit about what, uh, what's, what's your character's current goal? What are, you, what are you trying for these days?
1: Well, when the, the big earthly bang happened and everything was decimated in Plumsville, my family owned real estate. They owned a mine that our generations have worked towards, and that was wiped out in an instant. So we don't have a whole lot coming to TerraGuard. And so my goal is to work up and to get my own mind, start something again my family can be proud of. So at the moment, I am just doing um, mind surveying, helping others find spots that would be profitable to them and doing little jewelry and whatever I can, bartering, but I just don't have what it takes to do my own
0: prospecting. Part-time, <laughs> Cool. Peter. What,
2: uh, what are your goals? Well, I'm a gambler, and I'm deeply in debt. So right now, my immediate goal is to try to get out from under the thumb of my debtors and uh,
3: get myself free of, of these shackles of debt. And Jeff, what are your goals? Eventually, I'd like to find an area on the plains to start a new clan of my uh, of my people. Rather, I'd rather do it out on the plains than up in the mountains as, tr- as is tradition. Uh, so that we are better able to take care of the people among us who cannot fend so well for themselves. Lovely. Rather than just expecting them to die. It's good not to expect people to die. Give right. us your weak. Give us your poor. You believe those bastards your threw me out of my tribe for that? They sound like bastards. They, they do, fucks. But they are.
2: They're like. Sound like they're like Spartans or something like, only the strong shall survive. Kind of thing. Very much what it is.
0: Moving on to our next question, Fjorten, Tell us uh, what's your uh, what's your character's biggest or at least just one mistake that they've
1: made in the past. This goes all the way back to my youth. When I was working on my druid spells in the forest one night, I caught the whole forest on fire. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, if only if it was that easy. Um, because I did that, we uh, led to animal scarcity in the area and low wood production for that winter. And ever since then, that's stuck in my mind. I gotta play it safe.
0: Mm, Peter, how would you answer that question? A mistake from my
2: past? A mistake from your past. <sighs> you know, it's not a big thing, but it's kind of a, it's something that's kind of stuck with me for a while. I, um, I was once carrying a lot of stuff in my arms and uh, I kicked a stray dog that got in my way. And at the time, I didn't think I kicked it very hard. But uh, two days later, when I was out doing my duties as town crier, I noticed that that dog had died. And I saw him on the side of the street. And every day for days and weeks, when I would go out on my job as town crier, I would see that dog's corpse as I walked past it. And every day it would remind me of how thoughtless my own actions were and how easy it was to injure or otherwise take advantage of someone or something else that might be, uh, you know, a little bit lower or beneath me. And, uh, Sometimes I think about that and I, and I wonder if, um, you know, I could give, uh, you know, some of the, some of the elitist, uh, people of TerraGuard, a, a similar reminder, an example of, uh, of just what they might be doing to, uh, to the poor and, and, and other people of TerraGuard.
1: Right on, right on. You're telling, tugging at those heartstrings with the animal stories. Did it work? Yeah, it did. Oh, Good. Tell us, Jeff.
3: Tell us of a mistake you've made. I pulled off a carney's hand in a contest of strength. <laughs> <laughs> like he
2: was the, he was running the uh the the little like no, it was a like carnival strong man.
1: Like uh, it was the
0: darts game and you were just like, <laughs>
1: "Get over here, carny! It's like an arm wrestling thing just
3: and he was inviting people up for five gold pieces against his five gold pieces to arm wrestle him. And I was a little over enthusiastic, oh. and pulled his hand off. What do you regret about that? Um, I should have known that I was that much stronger than he was. Me being a goliath, and him being a human carne. <laughs> what and did I, you, what did you do with the arm? It was just his hand. Mm-hmm. So I, I was so fast, like his forearm stayed there, but his hand <laughs> pulled
4: <off>. <laughs> <laughs> you ripped it off
1: like a paper towel. <laughs> Whoosh. So, yep. do Goliath have much contact with the outside world, being on the mountain? Uh, not usually. Yeah, so you probably didn't even know how, how much weaker a normal mortal was. Still, I have regrets. Oh, yeah. I gave him his hand.
3: <laughs> so Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Otto. I took the ten gold pieces. <laughs>
4: <The> ten. <laughs>
1: I did win. Honor was still there, yes. Uh, all right. So
0: I want to ask one other question before we move on to some of the, the world building stuff that I want to do together. And, uh, I, you know, I found, I found a lot of these questions in a, in a list, uh, or a couple different lists between like Reddit and places, places online. And I think this was probably one of my favorite ones. Cause it's, it's probably the best. It's probably the best question that I think people don't even ask of themselves, and so I think it's really important to ask of your characters. I think it'll help really, uh, you know, solidify your character. Basically, the question is, finish the sentence, I want others to think of me as, and, you know, some answers to that might be like strong, smart, generous, honorable, talented, kind, funny, etc., etc. So, uh,
1: Fjorten, how do you want others to think of you? I would like to be thought of as competitive, yet trusting. Uh, While I won't go out of my way to sabotage an agreement, I won't speak up if things go in my favor either. So people know me as the true businessman. I'm not going to go out of my way to screw someone or just really give you the honest answer, whether you like it or not.
0: Right on. Mm, Peter, I want people to think of me as... You know, I, I don't think
2: I want people to really, um, think of me at all. I don't necessarily want to be the center of attention, um, or really on people's minds. But, uh, but if I must, then, uh, you know, I, I don't mind, um, being hopefully thought of as thoughtful and, um, deliberate in my actions and, um, uh, you know, otherwise at least a little bit intelligent and try to, you know, learn a little bit a bit more about my situation before I take any actions. Cool, cool, cool.
3: Jeff, how would you want others to think of you? Extremely strong, like the strongest thing. Never mind, sentient thing, thing that ever lived.
1: <laughs> Just not ripping off Connie's hands. That's not good enough. Oh. No, it's not. No.
3: I always need to like find it, the next level. If you were if you were standing next to a mountain, you want people to be like, "Fucking look at Jeff." <laughs> I want to hit that mountain with a warhammer and knock it over.
1: I bet he can do some... I bet that cock cock thunder can do some damage. What a thunderous cock. Cock. Okay. Cock thunder
0: wave. That should be a fucking spell
1: available to you. That's going to be the next level. Second, third, or fourth. Cock thunder wave. (laughs) I just just go over, just grab just cock thunder and just start slamming it on the ground.
3: (laughs) Oh, it's like a team-up thing? (laughs) Combo. Peter the Bard, I should have a drum, and he uses... Like it's a dual combo. It's yeah, the all three of you. He he pulls out the drum. You pull out the cock. You pull out the thunder. You thunder wave my cock into the drum.
0: only <laughs> 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 it's up. Do do. <laughs> uh,
3: Makes our enemies <clears throat> tremble in fear.
0: So anywho, well, one of the big things that I really wanted to do with this campaign, like I said, you know, I really want you guys to be um i want you to be a lot more engaged in this world i want you to be a much uh, more invested uh maybe is the right way to put it and uh, a part of doing that i've realized from reading other published adventures and things like that is uh having you guys actually have some connections i mean you guys are just like fucking random outsiders who had no friends in the <laughs> the last campaign i think we can do better than that this time around so so I had each of you guys come up with five people that you are connected in, around, or whatever, TerraGuard, and uh, let's let's keep going on this order. Fiortan, why don't you give us a quick description of those five people for you?
1: All right. Well, the first one, Ecolias Blingerstone. I have to actually credit my wife for helping me create the name Ecolias. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I mistyped it like 12 times. <laughs> I
0: just
3: finally copied and pasted it. Sounds like a disease. Is that on purpose?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Just thinking like Ecoli Ecolias. He'd be some, you know guy out in the boonies. Jebediah, Ecolias, and then somebody else. Hey. Hey yeah. Anyway. The first one would be Ecolius Bringers uh Blingerstone. Hill dwarf, mine owner, acquaintance of the family, and occasional business competitor. Ecolias is an older fellow who is in the same field as me, and while I mostly deal in mineral land surveying, and small exchanges. He deals in the whole mine acquisitions and sales. So it's not someone I really look up to, but it's someone I aspire to be. Sort of are that area? Cool, cool. Do you want to do one each or just keep going down the list? I just, let's just roll them all out. All right, second one is Silvio O'Holloran, human fighter. Uh, she's a good friend of mine for many years and she's a strong, determined member of the city guard cadet school. Uh, she made a n- name for herself as a rough talker and rougher combatant. Holden Tall style, halfling bard, and a friend. He's the bartender of the Watering Hole in Tiny Town. And I'm excited to tell, uh, to hear about Tiny Town. That's oh, yeah. so awesome. I didn't know about that, but he's definitely there.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. come around to the map stuff yeah. in just a little bit.
1: And so, yeah, the Watering Hole is pretty much where the hard working people who fit in this description go and lay off some steam after work and a good connection of mine. This is the bartender of that place. He's bright, happy lad who knows many languages, enjoys making his patrons feel as they have been established for years. And the fourth and fifth are relatives of mine. First one is Fauna Firkin Trees. And the fifth one is Savvy Firkin Trees. Fauna is my mother. She is uh, taught me how to care for the nature around me, as well as for serving for bounties and that the earth provides. She's also a Circle of the Land Priestess, priestess, which we'll get into and delegate up the area for the Druid Circles. Hello. Finally, my sister, Savvy, who you'll see her going around. We connect sometimes. And while she's out, while I'm out in the mines, she will be assisting with the agriculture thing, planting, harvesting, organizing the crops.
0: Peter, why don't you tell us about your connections about town? Well, I've made a
2: few friends in the last few years here in Terregard. Um, first one is, um, one of only, uh, let me ask this, drows are
0: pretty rare, right? They would be reasonably rare, yeah. And how many, how many people are in Terror Guard Guard? The population of Terror Guard is around 8,000.
2: Okay. Uh, so I have two, uh, drow friends in Terror Guard. Uh, only two of maybe three that are in this entire town. Uh, the first is Koki, Rainbloom. She is the local librarian and archivist, and she started uh, assisting me when I was doing research on the town's history, and she has slowly became my teacher and muse. The second is uh, a draw as well, uh, Mara Lohada. She was the previous town crier before I became the town crier, and uh, unfortunately she's disappeared. Um, She used to be my sparring partner, but I've not seen her in quite some time, and I'm not sure what happened to her. Uh, the next person is Oliver Smiggles. He is a gnome, he is an inventor, he makes exotic bedroom toys, but he also uses his powers to make me uh, gadgets and, and things like that. Uh, next is Stuart Soup. He is a cook at the Sneaky Brisket, and uh, one night he was very nice to me, and uh, after i the shit beat out of me by uh, some people I owed money to, he uh, dragged me out of the gutter. And lastly, uh, Adam McNutt. He is a human uh, poet slash uh, local conspiracy theorist who uh, he publishes some some local papers, you know that I read sometimes. And, and sometimes I talk to Adam, and uh, just kind of listen to him drone on about all the crazy things that he comes up with.
0: So I did mention that um, we that, uh, that I want you guys to send me pictures for uh, these people. Uh, I'm just gonna pop this one up. I took the liberty of Adam McNutt.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I fucking love that picture. I think about that all the time. Like whenever somebody's going off mm-hmm. on some random thing, I'm just I'm
1: just picturing that in my head. And for you playing at home, it is Troy Lee from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and his uh, <laughs> Pepe. Who's Pepe? Carol. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I'll have you guys come up with pictures for the rest of them. But... Is there a name for this uh, newspaper slash conspiracy theory? There certainly is.
2: Uh, it, es- it escapes me at the time. Yeah, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. The Escapist. Cool. Cool,
0: cool. Cool, cool. cool, cool. cool, cool. cool, cool. Jeff, tell me about uh, your friends and
3: relations and whatnot. All right. Uh, my first friend is Ferris Thurmond, he's a dwarf smith. Uh, I help him around a shop, like shoveling ore, coal, things of this nature. Physical labor, Both to keep myself strong and to keep a little change in my pocket. My second friend is Juan Manuel. He is a human miller. He owns a mill, like a flour mill. The same deal as Ferris. I help with the mill. Sometimes I'll even turn the wheel in place of the horses to keep myself strong. I'm closer friends with Juan than I am Ferris, so. If he can pay me, that's fine. If not, I'm still happy to help him. His family takes me in from time to time and feeds me, has me stay over, so on and so forth. Uh, Aldithus Marfinus is a half elf guard captain. He's a friend and father figure. He uh, met me exactly, almost immediately when I came to this village, Terror Guard. He had family in our old village. So he's kind of taken me under his wing and trained me in weapons and so on and so forth. Uh, the fourth guy is Frank Nucci. He is a human, differently abled person. I go to a bar called the Blind Cyclops. This is also where Frank Nucci goes. He lost his legs adventuring some years ago, and he torments me however he can, uh, in whatever way he can. Did
2: he take an arrow in both his knees?
3: He did. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Where'd well, <laughs> you go with that? Yeah, I used to be in the bento, like you... <laughs> He knows that I won't strike him out of my sense of honor And he takes advantage of that fact And is just merciless He's a prick (laughs) And my fifth guy Is Lemmy Bladesworth He's a halfling thief and rogue He's a friend of mine Always trying to get me to start a gang with him Because cool guys start gangs Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well (laughs) known fact But I think he just wants to be He wants me to be the muscle Behind his tiny little halfling Idiot ways uh, so he's always trying to get me to get into crime with him, and I'm always trying to get him to give up his dishonorable ways.
1: Right, the fuck on. That's what I always did in Neverwinter Nights. Is I played like the crafty guy or the elf, and I just hired the biggest ass guy I can find just to fight stuff when stuff goes wrong.
0: You know, and I just, I just never smart enough to hire people in those games. I was always like, God, they're just in the fucking way. Do it myself. <laughs> There we get, fans. Welcome to the mid-roll. I know, I know, there's not a ton of action yet, but we've got to set the scene for you, and this campaign, uh, you know, we got to get it rolling off right, so bear with us. We're nearly there. So some of you have been with us for a long, long time, but perhaps you might be listening to this as your very first adventure with us. Perhaps sometime in the distant future you were told that the one thing that saved freedom and democracy was the second campaign of the Very Good Adventuring team. It's entirely possible that we've had an impact on the world far greater than we could have ever expected, and you're just about to dip your toes into that fantastic journey that saved so much of what we hold dear. If so, God bless you all, and I hope at least 20% of your loved ones survived the battle with the machines. But truly, if this is your first time joining us, thank you all so much for giving us a shot. If you've made it all the way to the mid-roll and you've at least laughed a time or two, we think you'll fit right in here. I don't think we'll actually be responsible for the future of the human race. In fact, I doubt we'll ever be responsible for much more than a funny look from a coworker or a stranger on the subway or maybe the next car over from you, but we do our darndest to be as entertaining as we can for all of you. And if it isn't obvious already, I'm working extra super hard to make this campaign at least twice as good as the last one. I have no idea if that means we'll be more fun to listen to or not, but hey, we're going to give it a shot. If you do decide you like the show, you might decide to be a part of supporting us. The very first way that happens is to just keep listening to the show. As long as we see folks downloading it, we'll keep on making it. It's such a gratifying thing to know that people take some time out of their busy, busy lives to give us a listen, and, you know, we're thankful for that. If you wanted to take it a step further, you can tell someone about us. Now, that might be a friend or someone down at your local game store. It could also be telling the world of social media about us. You can definitely find the Very Good Adventuring Team on Facebook, and we are at VGA Team on Twitter. Those two places are probably the best ways to follow us and make sure you hear about any cool new things or the occasional issue with release schedule and all that fun stuff. We typically keep an eye on both for comments and feedback too, so feel free to send us anything you like. And finally, there's Patreon. Glorious, glorious Patreon. Friends, your financial support does a few things for us. First and foremost, it pays our regular bills. As of right now, the podcast costs about eh, 40 bucks a month to keep rolling out episodes, and we are so thankful that your support helps cover those costs. It also helps pay for new equipment. And believe me, we just dropped like 700 bucks on new mics and stuff, so I am super grateful to all of our past and current patrons for helping us get there. Finally, we also use this to spread a little love in the D&D and artist community by getting some art made for the show. We were able to get 5 different and wonderful artists to work with us throughout the first campaign, and I'm really hoping to get even more than that done this time around. And of course, I really don't want to make you listen to advertisements. I can't promise we'll stay ad-free forever, but it's been over 2 years now. I feel like we could keep this going and uh, you know, just have every sweet, sweet minute of audio you download go straight into entertaining you. Anyway, I feel like this is enough rambling for one episode for me. Let's get back into getting really close to nearly starting the adventure. Okay, so I'm actually gonna go in reverse order here just because you specifically mentioned it. So one of the last things I asked you guys to do was come up with a place in the town. Um, now, this is not to say that you guys can't continue to come up with places in the town and whatnot, but just to start off, I just kind of wanted to have like one or two basic places. Uh, you mentioned a, a bar in there. Mm-hmm. The
3: Blind Cyclops. Cool. Do you have any other detail about that or just the name? It's kind of a shithole, like hole in the wall place. Uh uh-uh. What's the, what's the name of the bar where we stay in the basement? I can't remember already. Sneaky Brisket. Sneaky Brisket. See, I drink at the Blind Cyclops because you don't shit where you sleep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where I do my drinking. It's a uh, frequented by, you know, thieves and low-life adventurers. Like it's not like a upper crust kind of place. Gotcha. Right on, Peter.
0: Did you come up with a... You, you mentioned a place, didn't you? Am I forgetting already? I just came up with one, though.
2: All right. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, there's a place called the Thrifty Terra Guardian. It's it's a thrift store. And uh, I'm generally pretty poor, and I don't have a lot of money, so I generally pick up a lot of my clothes and, and other things I need from there. And Occasionally, I run into Adam McNutt. He's out there, too, trying to find some stuff. Sweet.
0: You know, I'm really glad that you went with, like, a thrift store. Yeah. You like there, don't hear that a lot. I like it. I've, as I've been building this town, you know, I've never really gone to this level of, like, world building and stuff before, and so, like, of course, what am I doing? The same things, like, any other fantasy creator would do is, like, all right, and then there's this, like, super cool temple, and then there's, like, this, this super cool bar, and then there's <laughs> also this other super cool place. Like, I'm just coming up with the cool shit. And, like, I mean, not that a thrift store can't be cool, but, like, I wouldn't have fucking thought of that. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, Fjerten, what did you come up with? You had a, you had a bar as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I did have the watering hole down in tiny town. Um, I like how we all go to different bars, by the way. That's awesome. We don't always have to be around each other. God, we're at- we're the adventuring team and we're never together. We don't we don't, even like, we don't even like each other. You and, I,
3: you and I are persons of different size.
1: We are. Yeah, it's very true. But um, actually I actually had something else. It was the Redwood Circle. And this is outside of town. You'll find the Druid space among the Redwood Forest where the gathering of Druids across the lands commence about once a year or so. And then I've yet to be invited because... I'm not part of any circle yet, being such a young druid. And um, my mother, the priestess of the area, she's kind of participating in those rituals, so I've seen the area, but I haven't been invited in yet.
0: Yeah, that was another good one, too, that it's going to take me a little while to get used to you guys like contributing to stuff, because like you sent the thing, and it's like, oh, there's a redwood circle, and I was like, fuck, that forest wasn't redwoods. <laughs> all right, all right, fine, it's redwoods now. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I just thought... The- Biggest trees I can think of, and
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and this the the forest now. By the way, that that's going to be a fairly important place. I think uh, is the Saka forest, and uh, now it's a mixed forest. Not only does it have, you know, cool druidy, whatever kind of looking trees, but there's some uh, there's some big ass redwoods in there now too. There's probably like a an area of the forest that's redwoods,
1: and that's where they filmed Star Wars.
0: That's right. So to talk a little bit about the town, uh, I don't want to go too boring on this, but I just wanted to give you guys a couple of the, couple of the things that we're going to be introduced to, um, early on. We've got, as I mentioned, the, the town is named Terragard. It is about 8,000 people. It's a, it's a burgeoning little, uh, city. It's been growing pretty rapidly. Um, I will hopefully at some point soon have the map actually finished and drawn and I'll get that posted out there on the website and some other places. Uh, the most important place for you guys right now in TerraGuard is a place called the Sneaky Brisket, which is a—it's a little bar slash tavern that's—it's uh, kind of seen better days. Uh, as mentioned, Duga and his daughter Bonnie uh, both live and work there, and to kind of help ends meet, they—they uh, they have you guys living in the basement to—to—to to, to get a little a couple extra coins. Duga, by the way, is convinced that if he can uh, reclaim the glory of his former smoked brisket, that uh, customers will start rolling back in again, so keep that in mind as a, as a thing that needs to happen. Uh, we also have two factions that I want to introduce you guys to right off the bat. Uh, one of them is the City Guard. I just, mostly I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware that there is a City Guard because if you fuck up, they're going to come after you, and I made the town guards people pretty strong so don't kill anybody or shopkeepers or anything like that at least not right away <laughs> classic D. the first thing you're gonna ask for is a deal when you go to a shop and then like well i don't know fuck it i'm gonna kill this guy i'm kidding you guys probably are not gonna do that probably probably probably
1: probably not yeah no.
0: The other faction that I want you to be aware of is, uh, or at least to start off with, is the Wilder People. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have, like, a, basically they're like a monster hunter guild. And what these people do is they go off on their own and take on big game and big hunting and stuff like that. But they also work for people, you know, if you've got, like, magical components that you need or components for spells or just, you know, I I want a giant uh, alpha badger, how, you know, head mounted on my wall, they'll go out and get it for a fee. Um, so that's uh, some people you can expect some work from. Um, I had another faction here that I am, I was not planning on revealing quite yet, but based on the uh, backstory from Fjortin, I'm gonna pop this in here so that you guys can see it. There is a group called Aja's Circle, and this is a group of druids that reside out in the forest, in Saka's Forest, so... That's another faction that you'll run into over time.
1: Do they have any connections to the mercantries? I think they might. Oh, the
0: son of a bitch. I mean, just because they've got connections to everybody. Do the mercantries have to all wear mercants? I think so. yes
2: yeah. yeah, it only makes sense, huh?
0: Are they given one at birth?
3: And you have to wear it for life. It's <laughs> like That's the Mandalorian's <laughs> helmet. <laughs> yeah, a,
2: yeah, You can never have you somebody never take watch you take it off.
3: <laughs> have you guys watched the Mandalorian? Yeah. Yes.
0: All of them now, yeah. Uh it's So fucking good. What if if your Merkin is like your blanket when you're a kid and you've got to grow (laughs) into it? (laughs) (laughs) He'll have this for life. Uh Oh, also, uh, what do you think of me just making
2: myself the town crier? For no good reason. Was awful. Yeah, I, was, I was wondering <laughs> about that. <laughs> I was like, do you actually want that to be your At job? I mean, prior. fucking, you
1: gotta, I don't know how long I've known these guys for, so. Yeah, that, well, I, actually, that's how I figured that we don't make all of our money on this gig. We all have side gigs. That's why I kind of did like the surveying and doing uh-huh. bartering here and there. Yeah, it's your side hustle. Side hustle. It's your side hustle. Yeah, right.
3: For right nowadays. I feel like the Tom is like a legit job. Mm-hmm. How'd you get that job so quickly in this town? Well, that's, they probably have multiple
0: town criers. It's a pretty big. You'd be like the the town crier for like your neighborhood.
2: Well, that's I just what heard I,
1: that an hour ago.
2: Yeah, maybe I don't know.
0: Sounds sounds great. Okay, I'm just telling. What neighborhood are we in? But you know, I haven't really like named the neighborhoods and wards. You guys live like just at the end of the the Merchant Row, basically.
1: That's well, where it is, the, Merchant Row.
0: I mean, that's a, it'd be a pretty prestigious district to be the town crier in. You're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic, uh, probably one of the busier areas of town. I feel like
1: um, it's kind of like a... For a guy who doesn't want to attract attention to himself, you're the town crier. <laughs> hey, everybody, look at me. But don't <laughs> look the up. news. Don't look at me, though.
2: Well, uh, I guess, are we saying that
0: it's a job that a lot of people would want? I feel like uh, you know it's probably it's probably about as glorious as podcasting. I mean, everybody wants to do it. <laughs> Not everybody's good at it, so maybe I'm just a good fucking
2: town crier. I think yeah, it?
0: I think you're a good yeah. town crier. You got a you got a high heard the high, best thing from you. You've got a high charisma score. So there you
1: go. Yeah,
0: I'm into it. I'm into it.
1: Do you have
3: a side hustle? Yeah, I do odd jobs with the Smith and the Miller. And
1: oh yeah, that's right.
3: Anything where he can flex, he he turns cranks for. (laughs) I do. I turn cranks with the best of them.
0: That's like, did you ever see that? Uh, is it what is it? A Geico commercial? You're happier than a bodybuilder directing traffic. Mm -hmm. That's just every shovel full is just like those were great commercials. Good job, Geico well i have one last concept that i would like to introduce because this is uh, it's sort of an amalgamation of ideas that i'm stealing from several places so i wish i could credit one person but i can't hey we didn't talk about our fears or any of that stuff are we waiting on that or didn't we talk about it? oh i just kind of skipped over some of those
3: oh okay.
2: you can't assign homework and then have us do it and then skip over it or are you saying that we're going to do it at another
1: time well maybe we, i don't know what your fears are I have to learn about
0: it. That's why I wrote them down. Well this. it's fucking let's fine. Let's do fears. Uh fucking what's what are you what are you afraid of? Let's fucking figure it out. I have, but, I have a, a completely
2: unnatural fear of sinkholes. I saw a cow get consumed by a sinkhole one time <laughs> and now it just consumes my every thought. Wait, fears was one of the homework assignments? It was. Yeah. Of what I'm afraid of? We're going with our real fears? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could. Jerk. You, you got to put a little bit of yourself in your character.
0: That's right.
3: Just, just, uh, humping away at your character. Uh huh. Really? Did you, did My you guys? There's a power about him. I'm putting myself in him. <laughs> 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 oh, you do that. Much like Jim Varney.
4: <laughs>
3: Allegedly. Allegedly.
2: <laughs> is this how internet rumors get started like it yeah, must be 100 yeah that's what it all starts
0: with podcasting
2: jim varney hashtag power bottom anyway uh so i'm sorry uh one of your fears were what well i was i was seeing what uh the
1: uh, Thundercock over there
0: jeff tell us about tell us about your fear
3: asteroids i mean they did take out the dinosaurs mm-hmm. they did Often, when I was in the mountains with my tribe, I'd see the shooting stars, and deep in thought, I'd wonder what would happen if one hit me, and there was only one think possible, of possible a-
2: outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think if an asteroid hit you, you'd be fucking dead. Maybe a meteorite? Is that what-
3: Yeah, I'd go. I'm mean, oh. take your pick. Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Okay. Have, I ever, have I ever told you guys that I used to work with a guy
0: who would say six of one, dozen of the other? Oh, no. Did you ever correct him? Everybody corrected
3: him. He didn't care. His other catchphrase was, circle gets a square. Maybe he was saying like, well, this one thing is way better than this other thing. No. No.
0: (laughs) Just no. This guy was one of the dumbest people that I've ever met. (laughs) Anyway. uh, All right. So fear of asteroids and meteorites. That guy could be a listener for all we know. No. 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 I mean, it. If you're fucking listening, if you're you're fucking listening right now, motherfucker, (laughs) you fucking listen to me. You're one of the stupidest fucking people that I have ever met. Everything you've ever tried to do has turned to shit. And I
3: hope you're having a great day. Circle gets a dumb fuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That truly did. Oh, I have stories. That guy's his literal, his nickname amongst all of it it was a guy that I worked with and everybody called him dickhead. That was his fucking nickname. Hey, Dickhead.
4: Oh, hey, what's going on?
0: <laughs> like, it wasn't like a casual insult that we repeatedly threw at him. Like, his nickname, we were all like, oh, do you hear what Dickhead did the other day? Oh, no. Fucking guy. This fucking guy. All right, sorry. I'm going to get all worked mm-hmm. up. I'm going to settle myself back down. Let's find my spirit animal in my <clears> cave. <throat> and we're coming back around to Fjordan. Fortin, what are you afraid of?
1: Probably people with silent letters in their names. Oh no. Oh, sh- oh no. I mean you you never know until they tell you. There's our first conflict. It could be anyone. Oh. No, I would have to say, uh, it's already happened once. It really scared me for life, literally and figuratively. Alpha Badgers. Ah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. that's a legitimate fear right there. I mean, they're they're running around, they're scratching faces out. They almost got me right in the eye. Yeah. I mean, I can probably take one, but it's kinda like the elephant and the mouse i'll bet you could take one i am i am no power bottom but Wait. i'll always be on top of my game the power bottom show
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's oh name of the episode name of the episode might be power bottom. <laughs> I don't know. We might, be, we might be in episode two territory here. We'll see how much of that was I all usable.
2: I can't believe nobody had a connection to like a guy named Ernest or something. I mean, five was the minimum.
0: I mean.
3: Oh,
2: they're like pieces of flair. You guys. <laughs> keep... <laughs>
3: That's immediately popped
0: in. That's mind. what I was going for. Uh, if you only want to express yourself a little bit, uh, (laughs) yeah, man, you guys feel free to flesh out as much stuff as you want in this town, man, and we'll we'll make it all work. I might lose track of it at some point if it gets to be a lot, but Ernest Power Bottom next week, you're gonna have five Ernests. That's what that's what the P stands for in Ernest P. Worrell. (laughs) (laughs) Ernest, power bottom it's a funny thing to name your kid but uh... okay if if there are no more questions right now I have one other thing to introduce I'll take that all as a no the last thing I wanted to introduce is like I said it's something that I'm stealing from a bunch of different places and it's going to make my job a lot harder but I think it's worthwhile to do we're going to do a thing called plot points, and starting with probably the next time we record, we're going to pick someone randomly, and then we'll just rotate it from there. Basically, once per session, you guys, whoever has it, has a plot point, and that plot point, they can use at any time to just fucking make something up on the spot, add something to the world. Uh, the example from, I think, the first time I saw something like this on Reddit was like, you're all trapped in a room. What are you going to do? And the person was like, well, I'm going to use my plot point to say that there's a secret door in the room. Um, so that's the thing you could do. You could be like, uh, here we are sitting in the tavern and you're like, I'm going to use my plot point to say that a bar fight breaks out or I have a third nipple or fucking whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> um, you just keep adding nipples. Like... <laughs> 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 All right, starting tonight's adventure.
3: Plot point: third nipple, <laughs> eighth nipple.
0: <laughs> look like look like a fucking cat. <laughs> if I, if that's what you want to do, you can add a nipple to yourself, to another, to an NPC. Don't t- add a nipple to me. <laughs> I only... The nipple war has begun. <laughs> Okay. I, all right. I didn't want to put any rules or stipulations on this, but I'm going to put one. You can't do something to one of your teammates. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: you can't make somebody else involunt, like
1: Okay. I got that guy at the bar to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you you couldn't be like, hmm. Peter McMoist doesn't have a right leg. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Fjordan has a third leg. <laughs> now I got your leg uh but so like try and keep it within reason or as much as you can but you know whatever fucking go nuts but like I said that I'm gonna I am gonna put that one rule on it to say that you can't fuck with each other's characters just because that well I'm I'm sure it could go in hilarious directions but uh my job is to be flexible in building the world and all the rest of that you guys have your character and your idea for your character so we'll leave that as somewhat sacred. Um. And I think with that, it's time to move on to the very, very, very first actual adventure. Hopefully nobody's shut off the podcast by now. Um, Bear with us. Sorry about all the explanations. I'd like to tell you guys about the three quests that are currently open on the job board. So these are things that you guys have found found out about from various sources as work that needs to be done about town and if you decide to accept it you can take it if you say fuck it i don't want to do any of those things we can figure something else out but this is what's available that you know of for work
2: i feel like uh i feel like we're missing a a part here where how do how do we fucking know each other and how do we end up together
0: oh shit all right well you guys you guys all were in that town that got destroyed but and that was how big that was a really small town that was that was a village that That was was like you know 150 people probably in what did we say Plumsville? Yep, Plumsville. That's right. Plumsville. So, in you get so you guys all were in Plumsville. Now, I don't know if you knew each other there, but at a minimum, you guys were the three survivors of the Plumsville incident. We're we're the only three survivors, only three survivors. No one else in Plumsville survived. All
1: right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That doesn't make sense if my mother and my sister. your mother and your sister lived here oh okay so we were just there okay so we're at an age where we separated from family possibly well shit you could have been
0: traveling i mean okay
1: all right yeah you tell us i think no actually you you tell us i wasn't i lived in terregard my whole life but i was visiting plumsville on a kind of a mining expedition and going out and searching
0: myself i like it i like it Maybe you're the person that was like, "Well, hey fuckers,
3: uh, I've got this town we can go to." Possibly. There you but, go. Oh, yeah. Well, um, if you have family here, though, why are you living in the basement of a tavern?
1: Um, you know, fucking bum. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to <laughs> move out of your parents' out. house at some point. Fucking I mean, figure it out. Fucking figure it out. You gotta, you gotta
3: branch out on your own. Hanging out Make with your, your own way. with your new with your new bros. You just want to hang out with your new bros in the but, basement.
1: Yeah, with my with my my bros and goes. Uh huh. With what? Your goes? My br- my my bros I go. I don't know. I I really. <laughs> well, <laughs> charge
2: your crystals down there. <laughs> <laughs> no charging of crystals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that you went with the uh, fucking what's his name? Is it Spike? The the Canadian baby in South Park. No charge the crystal. <laughs> Okay, so that, well, that makes sense. All right, that's how we all know each other. We're
2: lone survivors from a decimated village. And, uh...
0: 2 episode 1 the beginning was released on december 22nd 2019 i know that i can promise you another episode next sunday on
1: vegan,
0: vegan. 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 the
3: very good adventuring team or just for my plums <laughs> 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 Go to a plum orgy later. I'm gonna fuck so many plums. Get us quite <laughs> out that plum juice. How do you like that plum? You're a naughty plum. Oh, that plum juice all down and running down your face. going
0: slap you on your plum down on your chin, looking just nice.